come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Wow, what an invitation. What will you do with your place of influence? Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the She Prays and Believes podcast. I am Constance Leah Jones, your host. Background music appreciation goes to Philip and Winona Streety. Join me and my guests monthly as we share and talk about praying and believing God and relationship with him. Today's special guest is Kimba Hubbard. Her and I go way back to my time working in public education. She is an awesome woman of God who is authentic and witty. I'm so excited for you to hear some of her story, how God is using her, and the wealth of of insight that God has given to her regarding the woman at the well. Get your notebooks ready. All right, let's get into this. All right, welcome to the She Prays and Believes podcast, Kimba. Thank you. So happy to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you on here today. Um, Just been looking forward to talking to you and um, hearing what God has doing in your life and and, um, has done in your life. And so I'm going to open up questions with how you came to be a follower of Christ. Well, it kind of starts a little bit with my parents. Um, my mom grew up Catholic and my dad was attending a Methodist church when they, when they met. So interesting enough, they got married in the Catholic church, but also with a Methodist slash Baptist preacher. So (laughs) I started, uh, before I even got here, um, on a basis of attending church and, you know, uh, being in a home where Christ was 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 the center that was that was the goal so for me I went to church every Sunday with my dad at um, a Baptist church and I remember being quite young probably six seven or eight years old and I had like this image of of God saying to me you know are you going to go in this this narrow way or you're going to go this this broad way and that's actually based on the verse Matthew seven thirteen through 14 that says, Enter by the narrow gate, for, the wide, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So my mom actually still has this picture that I drew of this conversation I, I had with Jesus. And so I went down in the front of the church as a shy, scared little eight-year-old girl, and I confessed my sins, and I later got baptized, and and that's how my journey began with Jesus. Wow, that's awesome. I I just love that, you know, um, just how God will deal, deals with children. Yes. You're never too young to come forward, and and God speaks to children's hearts. Yes, yes. Yes, and I think you and I have that in common, uh, that our parents made it an atmosphere uh, where we could 
learn about Jesus. And I, I try to tell parents that, like, that it's so important mm. to expose your children to those, for, you know, to read those Bible stories and, and to bring them to a church uh, where they they're they're they have those those moments where they can learn about the Word of God because it really does stick with you. Amen. Amen. What the Bible says, train them up in the way that mm-hmm. they should know. Yes, ma'am. When they're old, they will not depart from it. Amen. Amen. That That is my testimony for sure. <laughs> Amen. Mine too. Yeah, that is a blessing to have parents that uh, exposes us. Yes. Have exposed us to the things of God and introduced us to who he is. So Yes. Amen. Amen. I agree. So as you... Um, walk with the Lord, when did you first come to understand the power of prayer? How has prayer impacted your life? I really had to think about this question. Uh, But again, I'm going to start with my parents. Uh, My mom, uh, she prayed all the time. I have this distinct memory. I was a teenager, probably, I think, in high school, 18, 19, 20, around in there. I might have graduated from high school. I was on the phone, uh, Constance, talking to my boyfriend, and <laughs> had my, the, my covers over my face. And my mom walks in my room, and my boyfriend was just running his mouth. And she put her hands on my head, and she was praying for me and praying for me and praying for me. And, and I went, that's just an example. But, I mean, that was throughout our lives that she mm-hmm. prayed for us and over us. And then I remember one time, again, I was a little bit older, and my dad got on his knees before he went to bed and he prayed and he said, oh, yeah, I I do this every night. So, again, this was something that was modeled for me. But when I was thinking about and asking God to kind of help bring to my memory, I think where it started for me, Constance, is there was a youth group my mom took me to, and they encouraged us when I was in middle school, which was a very hard time it is for most people, to start a devotional, just 10 minutes a day, and maybe uh, pray for someone. And okay. so I started that in seventh and eighth grade, and I would read my little Bible verse and my devotional. And most of the time, the Bible verse made no sense to me, honey, because it was in King James, and you know, I was like, I don't even know what this is talking about. <laughs> but um, I started to pray and and pray about things going on at school, and you know, pray for my family, and you know, what God did for me is in in high school. Uh, I actually had a prayer group that I did on Fridays in the girls' bathroom. So it's just kind of started with a seed and, and kind of grew from there. Praise God. Praise God. Started a prayer group in the, in the bathroom, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. And that's the beauty of, you know, as we talked about earlier, just um, how God, you know, he uses young people. Yes. He use he can use young people and, yes. uh, and serve him, serve the Lord in your youth. That's yes. what the Bible says too. Serving the God in our youth. Yes. And God your life. Um, yes. So Yeah. So I kinda grasped on to what I was taught by someone. I wish I could quote where I first heard it. You know, prayer is kinda like a conversation with God. We have the Lord's prayer, you have books about prayer. Um and I and I encourage all those but for me, when I as I've gotten older, it really is taking the time to be quiet and to have a conversation and listen to what he has to say. 
So it's something I've developed over time, but honestly, it really did. It did start as a young person. Um, yeah, and that and that kind of just eases right into, you know, relationship. You know, like mm-hmm. you talked about listening and just getting before the Lord, spending time, which mm-hmm. is how all relationships grow. You got to spend time. You got to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I think uh, growing up, probably, I mean, I've always, like, I can't say always, but most of the time, because of the lifestyle I grew up in, you know, I would try to go to church on Sundays or uh, try to go to Bible study, but it still kind of was like, well, when I was little, little it's because I, I feared my mom and I feared God, so. Let's just put that out there. Um, but, as, you know, once I left my house, it still was trying to figure out, like, you know, this relationship. Is this something that I do as a checkbox, Constance? Mm-hmm. Or is this something I do because I really know who he is and then who I am because I know who he is because he created me? So that has taken time for it to be what is an intimate relationship to hear the voice of God and believe he loves me and know what it means to be a, a daughter of God that has cultivated over time. And the thing, you know, the ways again, of fellowshipping with other believers, reading books, listening to me, worship music and teaching and kind of going through some stuff, right? When you go through that hard stuff, yeah. uh, you learn what you believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to tell the story for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so going through so some of those tough, things in my life to kind of challenge me, you know, are you going to turn to Jesus? Are you going to lean into the Holy Spirit? Or are you going to do it your way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's, and that's a real, you know, um, a decision we all have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, we come to those crossroads <laughs> in mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. you know, or we face with, you know, are we going to if God be God, serve him. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I love that the coming to the crossroads and and it's it's still ongoing, right? Like I haven't arrived. Uh yes. yeah. But there's there's a growth in that and I think that comes from constance and I'd be interested what you think about this, but I, I think it comes from being humble and being surrendered and humbled not this balance between what God taught me when I did a um ministry last year at a church was it it's it's not about me but it is about me so that balance of being humble not losing myself uh, but being surrendered to what he has for me and and having that grow from it's just on Sundays uh, to a Sunday and Monday to literally every decision in my life and I think that's real where God wants us to grow as, as as followers of Jesus is, you know, we all have these places where we're surrendered, right? We, you know, this, I, I serve God this way, I serve God this way. But those places that are, that you kind of hide from him, either because you think he had something to do with that pain or um, he, he uh, didn't listen to you. you. We all have those spaces and places where we're still king and Lord and we are, we're going to do it our way. And so I think when you grow in relationship with Jesus, when you learn about your Abba Father, 
when you allow the Spirit to fill you and you're yielded to Him and get to know Him, again, you know more about who you are and your purpose and destiny as a child, as a daughter or son of Jesus, of Abba Father, the Holy Spirit. And so, again, that's a journey um, that we all take. But I found that that's kind of common theme in, in my personal journey with him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with just as we grow in relationship and the closer I believe that we get to the Lord and want to get closer to him, you know, it makes it a little bit more easier to surrender the, mm-hmm. how much he loves you when you mm-hmm. experience him in the suffering. Yes. Um, how he brings you through mm-hmm. and um, just a little uh, side note I guess for me or maybe uh, I don't know what you would call it but I'm writing a book currently my newest book is called He Unlocks Hearts mm. and, uh, and it's dealing with that very thing about just letting God into the every area of our hearts mm. you know, those places where you know where there, may, where there may be shame where there may be guilt where there yes um, anger, mm-hmm. you know, and because he sees it all anyway, mm-hmm. and, um, and so you know, as we draw closer to him, and as we open up ourselves to him and let him in, we, yes. you know, let that his love into our hearts, and we we can we can be vulnerable, you know, right. and um, he proves himself to us over and over again. I've been there, you know, I'm mm-hmm. with. You. I won't turn you away. And so I think, you know, when we begin to just see how much he loves us. I mean, that's been my story. When I saw and I see how much he loves me. Yeah. He shows and proves his love. It yes. just, I just can't help but to open up to him and to want to serve him even the more. Yes. That is so good. That's uh-huh. so good. I got chills when he said he unlocked <laughs> our hearts. Right. I mean, that is, that's such a good point because I think the shift is from doing things from a place of production and performance to doing things from a place that I know I'm loved. Yeah. And that and, and being and, and from going from religious, religious, right. religion mm-hmm. to relationship. Right. That switch yeah. is really key in our walk with Jesus. Because mm-hmm. that's what he desires. Relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, and nobody, you know, we all think about, not, when you think about relationships, you know, nobody wants somebody just to go through the motions or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of, you know, they want, you want somebody because they love you. They, they do things out of love mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and not out of being forced or feeling obligated. Or, right. <laughs> and right. so that's the same way. Hey, I've proven myself to you. Come, come unto me. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. walk with me. Yes, yes, and that's what he did with Adam, right? Adam and Eve. I mean, he would walk with them in the cool of the day, and that's what happened with the sin and the separation. Is is that that relationship was broken? Mm-hmm. Severed. Mm-hmm. But even mm-hmm. in that, you know, God was He was waiting on them. You know, absolutely. He already, already, he already knew. <laughs> Where mm-hmm. they were, but it was just like he was just waiting on them to just own it. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes the gospel is presented as, you know, there's there's your your get out of hell key, and you you know you're you're you if you keep doing these things, and then you'll you're all right with God. And it's like 
but he he's after our heart. He's mm. after our our. He wants covenant with us. And so again, it's just I I just think God desires, especially in this season, um, to move like you said to a place where we're walking with Him and you know the intimacy, the intimacy, having that time with with Him and and being open to what He has instead of okay, well I went to church and you know I served and you know I gave, I did my offering, and so you know your word says when I give, you know press down, shaking together, and it's like but. It's more than just an act and a performing, and he wants to walk with us. And so, like you said, though, I think a lot of that is because of the the barriers we have over our hearts, because of the pain that is there. Um, and some of it we feel Jesus calls, and so we have these walls, and I think we're really in a season where he wants to heal people. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And I know um, you're uh, – I want to talk a little bit about your um, career path and just how you're able to um, you work with children and young people. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that, you know, mesh all together? <laughs> you, or how do you how do you see God just using you um, in your place of career and? Well, it's interesting, Constance. He kind of taught me way back in the day when you and I used to work together, and I would get so stressed out because I'd get all this stuff done with these children, and then either I'd have to miss the day or they'd ask me to do something different or, you know, and I remember him telling me, their future doesn't depend on you. You just need to plant seeds. Mm. And so that's the first thing that I learned working with children uh, and families is, I'm just a seed sower, and if he opens doors, uh, I'll plant the seeds, how, how many ever doors he has open, that's that's what I'll do. And then the second thing he's taught me is uh, realizing as creator he has purpose for everyone. And so I talk a lot to my students um, and my families about where what are you good at, what are your hobbies, what do you like, why are you here? You know, and framing that way to help them see it's it's beyond today. It's beyond what happened to you, uh, that your life is valuable and you were created for a purpose. And so using that theme when I'm working with children in their in their families is is what I always use in the in the forefront with what I do. God, what an opportunity. It's just such a I think that's such a blessing that we um, that God has people posted, you know, everywhere in the schoolhouse um, that can reach the children because, you know, we all know there's so much goes on yes. in schools nowadays. And, you know, just that's a blessing that um, that he uses, you know, that his hands and feet are there in those. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Amen, amen. Amen. I know also um, you you do ministry, women's ministry as well. Um, how how is that? Well, Constance, I don't do anything without kicking. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just talk a little bit. So all all the ministry I've done in my life uh, as a young adult and now an almost old woman has been by accident. Uh-oh. And what I mean by that is because someone has come to me and say, hey, 
you know, this is a need that we have. Uh, we need your help. We want you to, we want you to fill it. Um, and so I'm always like, yeah, you know, because I'm a loyal person and I love people. Um, well, I love, I love serving mm-hmm. to help people. I don't always love people, but I love starting to help people. And so, you know, when I was working in children's ministry, that's how it happened. We had a meeting after church, and my pastor was like, look, we're running short. We need some volunteers. We would like you to pray about it, and that's how I did that. So uh, the first thing that happened is uh, there, was a, there was a woman at our church, and she said to my pastor, my previous pastor, hey, we really have a need here for singles. We have a lot of singles. We have a lot of women. And I think we need to do something. So we, we did this small Zoom event. This was right after COVID. And then my pastor came and he was asking me what I thought and what we could do. And somehow, Constance, <laughs> I was like the coordinator for singles, which I did for like two years. Um, so I, I don't even know how that happened. I had a conference and I did book clubs and I, I don't even know how it happened. Um, but I did. And I actually learned a lot, and I think people were blessed. It, although it doesn't, ministry doesn't always look the way that you want it to look or the results aren't always the way you want it to look. But that's how I kind of got in the singles ministry. And like I said, I did that for over two years, and we also did a conference. And then recently I was uh, just kind of sharing my testimony with, with one of the ladies at work, and I was actually at her place of business, and she said, you know, I do this event every year. It's called Flawless, and, you know, I'd like you to speak. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was, I was like, no. <laughs> I think you should share your testimony. I said, yeah. How about no? So then that was like January, February, and the conference is always in June. And February, it, it was so the theme was woman at the well it was so heavy on me one day like I had to stop what I was doing and get out a piece of paper and kind of write down these things that God was telling me about that that story so I told I told God I said if you open a door and she asked me again I will not say no you know I'll be yielded and so I was scheduled to go see her for this business appointment we were chatting. The appointment was almost over, Constance. Let me tell you how excited I was. I was like, I have made it. And I was getting ready to walk out the door, and she said, are you coming to the Flawless Conference? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm coming. And she said, well, um, she asked me something about, well, is there, can you help? And I said, yes, you know, what do you need me to do? And she said, well, actually, I had someone canceled today who was supposed to speak. Will you speak? Wow. And I said, yes. And so that's what I did in June is I did one of the sessions for her in June at, at the women's conference that was held at my church. It's her, it's her ministry, but it's always held at our church. And so I'm not going to say I'm in women's ministry, but if you're prophetically saying that, I've learned not to just resist stuff like that, Constance. So amen and hallelujah. <laughs> amen. You, are, you have so many gifts and talents. God is just pulling on those things. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. <laughs> Amen. So, as we have been talking to, and um, we had talked previously about the person we're doing, she prays and believes we're highlighting the women in the Bible stories um, at, during the podcast. And so, I know you had selected the Samaritan woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, we're going to transition and talk about her. Okay. 
um, yeah, just so many things from her story. Um, but I'll, I'll let you open it up with, you know, why you, why you chose the Samaritan woman, how her uh, story resonate with you and, It's so so funny because, you know, honestly, it wasn't anything spiritual. I was like, look, I told you, I said, look, Constance, now, honey, I just did this women's conference. We just going to pick her. And it was as I went back and I was revisiting some things, it was like, oh, oh, oh. So obviously, whoever's going to listen to this, God has something for you because I'm sharing, I'm going to be sharing things that I didn't share in the conference. These are, these are new things, but um, did you want me to read the story or? Um, maybe we could just summarize her story for maybe for those okay. who do not know her story. Okay. So it's in John 4, 8, and the um, verses are 5 through 27. No, 5 through, yeah, 5 through 29. And, you know, one of the interesting things, when you when you hear about the story, those of you have heard it and have kind of studied a little bit. One of the interesting things about her is that she came to the well at noon. And you'll hear people say that's because uh, she was kind of outcast, you know, because of her lifestyle. And so she avoided the other women. So she came that she came at noon. And the very, oh, let me, let me say this before I forget Constance. What I did is in verse five, this is in a small Sumerian town known as S-Y-C-H-A-R, Sychar, I was like, you know what? I'm curious to what that means. Like, okay. I, wonder, I wonder what what that means. Well, when I looked it up, it means intoxicating or a strong drink. Wow. And I was like, okay, Jesus, what what you trying to say? And I heard him say, what is intoxicating you and why isn't that me? Mm. And I was like, okay, because the, the the theme is this, is that Jesus is sharing with this woman that he is the living water, that she doesn't have to thirst again. Um, and so he goes up and he has a conversation with her. And, you know, as, as women of color, this is like really cool for us because, um, and women in general, because he broke a lot of what were, would be considered cultural standards. One is men didn't talk to women. Um, and Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. So she was kind of taken aback, you know, at this conversation, like, okay, well, you're asking me for a drink. Number one, I don't know why, because Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Number two, uh, you don't even have anything to <laughs> get water. So mm-hmm. what is really going on? And you know how Jesus does with us. He asks a question that doesn't answer her question about her husband and uh, she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five husbands and the man you're currently living with, you're not married to. I, God did kind of share this with me when I was studying about this before the conference because I said, you know, Jesus, if I'm going to get up and talk to these women and we all have passed, kind of like, why would you bust her out like that? Like, for real. Like, you just, like, put our business out like that. And he, what I feel like he, he spoke to my heart or put on my heart is he wanted her to know that he knew her intimately and loved her fully. And when you know someone intimately, you can be vulnerable with them. So Jesus wanted her to know that this invitation is coming purposefully despite your past because I already know everything about you, but I'm still inviting you 
into this conversation and into who I am as as the living water. So I think, you know, when you think about a Constance, when you just meet to someone, usually you don't go deep with that person, right? Mm-hmm. You usually go deep with people feel that, that, it. <laughs> that you feel that course of conversation or many conversations later. <laughs> exactly. But Jesus pulled all that down in, in one conversation by saying, look, I, I know your past. I know your past. I still have purpose for you. And so I think he really was breaking down those barriers with her. And, and this woman, now, me personally, I would have been like deuces and walked out. But she entertained this conversation because she was very curious, right? Um, and so it goes on to say that she says, well, she starts to realize, well, he's not a normal man. Now, we know she knew men, honey, because she had five husbands. So she was like, hmm, something's a little bit different about him. Like, he doesn't want the same thing that most men want from me, and there's something different about him. He truly sees me. He truly sees me. Um, and so they start having a conversation about this Jewish Samaritan thing. And in verse 19, she says um, to Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. So th- she's having this conversation about you know, who's right and who's wrong. And, and, and we do that a lot as Christians, um, as people in general. Like we want to be right and mm-hmm. we, want our, we want our point to be aligned with, with the truth and what is right. And his response was very interesting in verse 21. He says, women, believe me, the hour is coming when neither, this, when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. And he goes, he goes on to say, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. And so as, as women, as people, as Christians, are we seeking him to worship him? Are we walking to be right? And so I still like the unity in the body of Christ that Jesus wants us this time. We have to lay down what we think is right and seek to worship him from a place of spirit and truth. And so in 24, it says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And so one of my girlfriends says this to me, um, and I think about this often, you know, God is always speaking to us constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? Like he always has this invitation. And those listening right now, he has an invitation for you. Like it's not by mistake you're listening to us right now. There's an invitation from the Father that he wants to talk to you about who he is, who you are, and what your next steps are, what has happened to you, how he wants to heal that, how he wants to turn things around, and to talk into your destiny. Because that's what he did with this woman. He talked into her destiny. And so I looked up what worship means, and it means to uh, reverence and love, to be devoted to. And I feel like what God put on my heart was, are you, what are you devoted to? And it's really easy to slip into idolatry. Hmm. And so it's like, what, what am I devoted to? You know, what, what do I spend time on? Yeah. You know, where in my life? 
do I put God over here in this little box and then I'm worshiping something else? I, I'm not going to say I'm worshiping. I just spend time on it or I might, I might do this. Or, but what is it that in your life you, you worship? And for some of us, it's our own logic. Pride, yeah. Mm-hmm. For some of us, it may be our spouse or the person we're dating. For some of us, it may be money. Um, so, so I think God wants us to take some time today and really think about what is motivating us. Are we really motivated from a place of worship that he is our Abba Father? He is our Lord and King. He's our Savior. And so are we, what are we worshiping? Are we, are we truly worshiping him? So, you know, he tells this woman that and he says, you know, I am he. Because she's like, okay, you sound like the Messiah, like the anointed one. He, he said, yeah, I am he. And so God wants to reveal that to us, just like he, he did to this woman. So it goes on in the last part, and it says, The disciples returned to him and gathered around him in amazement that he would openly break their customs, customs by speaking to this woman. And so she, she, was a, she, was a, um, she started a revolution, in a sense, right? And right. so, you know, God constantly brings back to me, even though I'm not married and I've always wanted to be married since I was 16, and I'm not a mom and I've always wanted to be a mom, you know, as a woman, he has created us to have a place of influence. And so wherever you're at in your life, for those women who are, who are listening, like, can we accept where he wants us to have influence? And that you do and take the time to look at what that influence is. Yes. Is it a godly influence? Is it motivi- motivated by the Holy Spirit? Are you praying and fasting in the areas that he wants it to? Because we are, we are women of influence. Back to Eve. And we're not talking about Eve, but back to Eve. I mean, she influenced her husband. Right. So we have a place of influence. And I can bring it back to the story because it says in verse 28, the women went back to town, leaving her water pot behind. She stopped men and women on the streets and told them what had happened to her. And she explained that she met a man who told her about everything that had happened to her. And, and she was just amazed and said, you have to come and see. And so are we at a place in our lives as women that we can say to everyone we meet, come and see a man who has helped me deal with the abuse, helped me deal with uh, this bad decision, helped me deal with this divorce, helped me deal with this abortion, helped me deal with this addiction. Come, come, come and come to a man this man, Jesus, the Savior, who wants to save you. Like, as women, where are we at with that? Like, yeah. I, I want all our listeners to think, where, where are you at with that? Like, for real, for real. Where, where are you at with that? And so I, I believe this woman is a, a beautiful example of, back to what I was sharing earlier about, when we're humbled uh, and when we're surrendered. And, again, when we think about that, she asked questions. She was like, okay, Jesus, what about this or what about that? So it's not a place of weakness. It's not a place of, of losing uh, the, the giftings he's giving you, whatever those are. It's about asking them and being surrendered to what he wants to show you about you, what he wants to show you about him, and then your, your purpose and destiny. And I think this woman's story is such a testament because if we're honest – we all have those places in our lives that we're ashamed of. We all have those places in lives we don't want to talk about. And those are areas that keep us back from fully um, 
walking in what he has for us. And so I, you know, I remember when I, when I first got a divorce and I was a mess for a long time, I, I have this distinct memory. I'd been divorced about a year and I was mm-hmm. talking to this young lady and she kind of was going through some things similar that I had go to. And I just start sharing with her about God and how he'd helped me and some of the things I dealt with that were right and wrong. And she told me afterwards, this has been so helpful. And I was like thinking to myself, like, girl, I'm a mess. But, <laughs> but it's like, that's what, that's what, um, that's what this. Uh, talk, talking about the hope that's within us, you know, to yeah. always have it, you know, to testify, to have, to share with people about the hope that's within us. Yeah. Well, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that, that's, that's exactly it. Like, Sometimes I feel like in this task-driven, performance-driven culture, there's something that says, oh, I have to be whatever that might be. And social media, like, adds this extra pressure to that. Mm -hmm. But it's like right where you're at today, every woman listening to me right here today, there's something he wants you to do. And that might be as simple as, praying over your children every night. It may be something as starting a Bible study. It might be simple as adding to your prayer list. It, you know, it's not this big thing like right. going to seminary school. I agree. I'm such a strong component of that too. Yeah. Ministry is just every, it's everywhere. It's a need. Wherever there is a need, you can minister to someone's need. Right. Because it's about freedom. Too. So one of the things I, I wrote down here, is, I better stick to my notes, but it says we become just like this woman, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. She's a beautiful example of what happens when we accept his invitation. We become a witness and we become an instrument to help others break free from their labels and limitations. All right. All right. <laughs> God will do with a life. With the life that we give to him, the real life. What a blessing! And her testimony and her story is found. It's remembered today. Mm-hmm. Remembered today, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the impact that she made in mm-hmm. her in her community. Mm-hmm. I see a man that told me. That <laughs> mm-hmm. told me, and I also in another part of her story that I like to. Um, was just Jesus. It says, I think that um, in one of the initial verses in the opening of her story, he must needs go to Samaria. Mm. You no, know, and mm-hmm. uh, was necessary for him to go there, and mm-hmm. it was because of her, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just love just how God operates, you know, and He moves and He orchestrates and He arranges things um, so that we can have those encounters. Mm. I love that. Preach it. Preach it, Constance. <laughs> so, so what a blessing. Yes. The woman, the woman at the well. Yes. Amen. An encounter with Jesus. I really love that. He wants it. He is inviting us to have an encounter with him. Mm. Mm. Yes. Whosoever will, let mm-hmm. him come. Mm-hmm. Let him come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's, a good, that's a good note to just really just um, 
just pause and just let's let's pray. You know, let I want you to pray. Close us out um, in prayer. Whatever God lays on your heart. Okay. So again, thank you for this opportunity, Constance. Lord Jesus, I just come before you and I humble myself before you and I surrender myself for you and as Constance has said thank you for loving us thank you that Jesus your son came and shed his blood he died on the cross he rose again so that we our sins could be forgiven and we could be in right relationship with you so we pray Lord for those listening that they receive your invitation to have a closer walk with you that those are stirred today that whether it's reading your word more or praying more or being quiet like whatever you're speaking to each individual's heart men or women how to be more intimate with you how to put be put in a place to hear what you say in your invitation Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. They accept your invitation today to allow you to be the living water of their lives to the point they know they can't live without you. I pray, Lord, that each of us will allow you to search our heart, that we decide, Lord, even in our fear and our pride and our guilt and our shame and our lust and our confusion, that we surrender to you that we don't allow the labels to limit us those labels that come from what has been done to us or what we have done that today Lord we will decide in this space in this time to be quiet before you to walk fully forgiven and willing to forgive Lord we proclaim today that Jesus sacrifice was enough It was enough. It was enough for everything I did. It's enough for everything I'm going to do tomorrow. It's enough. And so we take this time to confess our sins. We take this time to lay down our idols. We take this time to turn away from our walks of idolatry and idolatry and just to believe and accept the gift of salvation, that you will work sanctification in our lives. Lord, I pray that each of your daughters and your sons listening today will walk in their full identity, a greater identity of what it means to be your son and daughter, what it means to have you as Abba Father, Lord Jesus, and King, and Holy Spirit. When we seek your face, Lord, and hunger for your word, may we each today leave after living, listening to this urge to pray without ceasing. May we, Lord, become more kingdom-minded Um, and follow the pricking of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for everyone listening right now that they accept you as a living water and are willing to let go of things that are intoxicating them, things in the world that never, ever satisfy. Lord, I pray that each of us live from a place of your purpose for us and that we no longer live from a place that we simply just want you to bless our plans. Lord, I pray that you fill our hearts with your love, fill our hearts with the fear of God. There is no other name above Jesus. You are the anointed one. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of Lord. And so everyone listening, I just encourage you to speak over your situation, Jesus. 
Just say it with me again. Jesus. Jesus. I pray for your daughter, Constance. I thank you, Lord, for her yes. I'm here today because of her yes. I'm here today because she surrendered and she took the vision and the purpose you had for her. And she walked on on faith and she said yes. And so I pray a blessing upon her. I pray continue open doors for her. I pray the prayer she's praying for her family for salvation and healing lord that she has a harvest from every seed that she's sown lord i pray in those places uh where the enemy has tried to speak lies or to hold her back i pray for a breakthrough in those areas over your daughter constant she has always 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 been a blessing to me always been a place of grace lord and a place of sweetness and a a sweet spirit. So I just pray protection and blessing and harvest over her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you again for listening to another She Praise and Believes podcast episode. It is my desire and purpose to point people to God. The Father truly desires relationship with each and every one of us. For more inspiration and encouragement, follow me on social media at LLC, Facebook, ShePraise.SheBelieves, Instagram, and ShePraiseAndBelieves, YouTube. Until next time, remember, this is life eternal, that we might know him and his son whom he has sent.